WFAE's David Borex has the story. Tariq Bakari and Larkin Eggleston call their podcast R&D in the QC. Eggleston says they hope to reach people who may not pay attention to the council. Eggleston is 35 and a Democrat. Bakari is a 37-year-old Republican. Despite their political differences, they bonded on the campaign trail in part over their beards, says Bakari. The beards themselves are what truly united us in the beginning. They hope to be an example of how to debate productively across the political divide. Episode 69, we talk about last week's meeting with the noise ordinance vote, the immigration compact. We talk about the loss of Kimball Walker for the Charlotte Hornets and a bunch of other stuff, including special guest Marcus Jones. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 69. Larkin, can you believe we made it? To this episode. I can't believe we made it to episode 10. That's true. A lot of people feel the same way. But here we are. Here we are. Strong. Wonderful. Well, we're, so it's Monday. I'm, I'm wearing sweatpants in here. Not well, a normal People don't Monday. know it's behind the dais. You're always wearing I'm sweatpants. I'm always wearing sweatpants behind the dais. Uh, but we, we're, uh, we're on break today. Yeah, both of us in here doing the people's work. All day, every day. Every day. So we are a week removed uh, from an exciting meeting last week. As our frequent listeners will know, we had a special episode, The Battle of the Dans. Mm-hmm. Dan McCready, Dan Bishop came in last Monday, early in the day. We recorded that, put it out, and decided that we would, after a long and uh, arduous evening last Monday, decided we'd wait and have a special episode this week to, to go back and look at that meeting uh, Mayor Lyles, due to several folks who were going to be absent tonight and not a whole lot on the docket for tonight's uh, would have been strategy session meeting, that meeting got canceled. Um, so it's going to be odd being at home at like eight o'clock on a Monday night. You got big plans? Yeah, I don't know. No, I, I mean, I don't, but I'm going to figure something out. I'm probably just going to go to sleep early. Yeah, that'd be right for you. I'd like to watch a movie. I don't, have, I don't feel like I've watched a if movie only in a football long time. season. You can watch Monday oh, Night Football. Monday Night Football. Yeah. Yeah. So. So what do we talk about? We'll keep well, this episode, sh- episode, episode short. Episode short. Um, we got Mark Jones. City Manager Marcus Jones will be joining us at the uh, at the end of the episode for some anecdotal stories. I can't wait to see what which... that conversation is going to be like. We haven't done it yet, but I feel like it's going to be hilarious. Well, we did do it, and it was interesting. And I don't, but how could we do like, it? This is the beginning of the episode, Larkin. You're so weird. How is it possible? I'll be interested to see those reactions to uh, to Marcus's stories. But Monday's meeting, uh, one of the things we talked to him about is what other contentious meetings he's seen in his time in municipal um, municipal government. And it was one of it was definitely one of our most contentious meetings and most exciting, if that's the right word, at the very beginning of the meeting, um, and there's video. Exciting is not there. not the word. It's not the word. No, no. At the very uh, beginning annoying. of the meeting, annoying. Literally, uh, as Mayor Lyles is calling the meeting to order and saying, "Welcome to our June whatever business meeting," um, several women get up out of their seats in the audience, start charging down the stairs. One of them reaches up under her her shirt or her dress um, to pull out what turned out to be a banner. And, yeah, uh, I didn't know what was right. going to come that's, out at that moment. That was I'm a little, little crazy for a I, second. That's why I had my taser out. Yeah. I almost and shot then, it. And then uh, pretty uh, athletically jumped up on the dais. That was impressive. I don't know that you could have done that. Well, back in the day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but now. Um, now. We could go downstairs and try it maybe after we record. All right. I mean, um, I'll take that bet. 
I'm gonna need a drop step to get up there. But. No, you just gotta go straight up, like a like leap, like you're in a CrossFit gym. I don't know what that's <laughs> like. Um, they got up there, held up the banner, chanted. Uh, they weren't. It was hard to tell in the moment they were coming down. We didn't know if like they were coming after somebody on council or what, but they just wanted to be seen and heard and um, apparently arrested because they were. I, it wasn't clear exactly what their message was. I mean, this has to be the top ten dumbest protests uh, executed ever i think because usually you're protesting against the thing that's about to happen right wouldn't you say generally and they seemingly though i think their argument was maybe a bit tangential to what was actually at hand because they were seemingly in favor of the noise ordinance but they were like protesting about some other stuff it's the equivalent of me gathering a bunch of folks up. This is going to be with, a terrible analogy. I can already tell. This is going to be an awful analogy. But go with, ahead. With go the, on. With the, you knew it. Right? Well, we've, been to, we've been together far too long. 69 please, episodes please tell now. Me, please tell me what it's like. Well, it's like when you get a bunch of your buds and you, you write a bunch of homemade signs that say no more beef and save the cows and you go to Chick-fil-A and you stand out in front and you just say, you know what? We're here and we're tired of it, Larkin, and we're we're not going to be quiet anymore. This beef is too much, and that's why you're we're here at Chick Fil A, Larkin. Do you understand? That analogy this is analogy. everything I hoped it would be. I really appreciate how you just sat there <laughs> and you're just going to let me keep going with it too. Yeah, because it only gets that. worse. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they, they seemingly were saying yes, the noise ordinance is needed, but the, there's all these other problems and. I think looking in the audience, there were people that I think were trying to determine like which side of this argument they were on and they weren't really sure. And it's like, what, what are they asking for? Still don't know. Um, so it, that was strange. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. so we left the room, we went into the back for like five or 10 minutes. Well, I hope they enjoy their criminal um, record now. Does yeah. It's like a, it, it's a misdemeanor, but it's, um, something like disturbing a public meeting. And I think one of them maybe tacked on a resisting arrest up in the lobby with uh with whatever happened but i mean i think the police officers did a good job they didn't overreact they didn't pull them down off the dais a lot of people were someone could have gotten critiquing them saying that they should have and i honestly looking at it somebody could have gotten hurt we know those officers very well they're with us every night we're up there well as soon as they they probably did the right they were not a threat to us or anybody else they were just demonstrating pull like being violently trying to arrest them would have been would have been way out of line and so i think they were right there it would have turned in a whole different thing um, no need to do yeah, that. So I agree. It was weird. Um, we heard from what, 130 speakers. Amazing. Yeah. So in all seriousness, what, and I heard this a lot in the aftermath of, of that meeting. We, and I actually don't even remember exactly what happened with the last time we talked about this. Maybe you do. What's your feeling about when we're the Charlotte city council, we are elected by people who live in Charlotte. Now, admittedly, there are people, many of them who come from, other municipalities in Mecklenburg County, other counties, potentially even South Carolina, on any given day to shop, to work, to I think we need play, to shut whatever. it down. I think if you don't live, and this has nothing to do with who was speaking on what side of any arguments. Like I'm just like there were people the on both first sides lady who came up and spoke, uh, who had a just uh, a argument not based in any kind of logic or reality about 5G and how well, we're going to ruin. Well, do you see where she's from? Huntersville. <laughs> 
Well, I, like just, I mean, it's just so ridiculous. Like, but I was actually talking about, I mean, I mean, it would have to apply across the board, but I mean, in the noise ordinance thing, I would say less than half the people of the 130 who spoke were actually Charlotte residents. I don't know about that. It, there, I will say it was at least close to 50% were non-Charlotte residents. You can go back and look at that list. It was a ton of people, handful of them from South Carolina, but a lot of them from, I, I would have, uh, I would have, of, of I don't think region. it would have, it definitely wouldn't have changed the outcome. No, but I would but have I mean, preferred general, to have. I would have preferred a nothing against them. I know that everyone who came is passionate. I would have preferred to have sixty speakers at two from, minutes each, all from Charlotte, rather than one minute each. Right, so that the ones who are from Charlotte had more time to express themselves. And maybe that's the middle ground. And I, again, I don't remember exactly how what happened because I know we talked about changing that format before, and I think people said, "Well, there is value in, in folks who live, work, play, or not live, but work, play." shop whatever in charlotte that they ought to have some voice but they're not the people we're accountable to they're not the people that elect us and i think if nothing else charlotte people certainly should get priority uh, whether it's public forum or whether it's a, a topic like the noise ordinance that they want to speak on um you know so i don't know I, I think that's something we need to revisit because you know 130 people what ended up happening was we just kept hearing the same things over and over from both sides it really didn't add a lot to the dialogue to your point compared to if we'd had half that many people speaking. Um, and then a lot of them don't live here. So, you know, they need to go and have those discussions with their town council or their city council. Um, I just, I just, I, I just wish we hadn't done that, any of that at all. I think it was a, a terrible waste of time. I think there was a fair, well, I don't think you can have a, I don't think you can take a vote on something and say, we're not going to hear from the public on it. No, no. No, that's not what I, I mean. I oh, wish we hadn't done ordinance. the whole ordinance, the whole <laughs> vote, everything. I mean, I, I can't tell you that we are better off on any front in my mind right now, other than potentially the perception of some people at these one or two abortion clinics um, and, and from the battle that they're waging. I, I would say that the, the protesters, the pro-lifers don't feel that they're better off. I would definitely say that our police department probably shouldn't or doesn't feel better off. We're talking about the beginning of this conversation months ago about reducing the workload on them. I got to believe we just increased the workload on them. Then you know, the construction and entertainment community, they're not that comfortable with where we are. You know, we, you can back a truck into a couple angles of, of there. So it's just, I just, it was just such a time suck of energy, not to mention we activated further another group, um, whether right or wrong with, with claims on first amendment rights. I mean, it's just like, like, don't we have enough stuff to deal with other than creating these things that to be, and I can't believe on your side and, and all you guys who voted for it, you look at this and you say, we, we won here. We got, we actually like made a problem go away. It's just going to make the, every problem and angle of it worse. In my opinion. I don't think that, I don't think that you can confidently say that it's going to make it worse. And I, and I admittedly well, it's going to go to court. I mean, there's no chance that yeah, isn't going to court almost, almost certainly. But I think it's it's plenty defensible because it doesn't stop anyone from saying anything in any place that they have ever said it before. It only Maybe. deals with amplified sound and, and that's and what unreasonably loud. But which is just I mean the, the uh, First Amendment uh, attorneys and and judges don't like things that are not easily definable or adjudicatable. So here's my point: I I don't think either side can say that it is. Definitely going to make things worse or definitely going to make things better until we just see it in practice. So if if some of the people that I have in my district that have issues with construction noise, if it gives them a new way to deal with that, which with this chronic noise uh, violator 
status and the escalated and accelerated fine schedule that, that people would be hit with, I think it does give some more teeth and it doesn't allow businesses to just say, well, that's just a part. We'll roll that into the cost of doing business. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it, it deals with some of the things around medical facilities. Maybe it doesn't. Um, I think we have to see it play out before we can say like, yes, that definitely like improved things or, uh, we just created more issues than we already had. Um, either way, it was a long two plus hours of speakers, half of whom were not from Charlotte, but came to speak. Uh, there was a whole, literally the whole chamber was full, but then not only that, the whole lobby was full, even during the meeting that people that couldn't get in got to be, I mean, I think that's probably the largest crowd we've had on our time in council yes. in the building. Um, cause the, the convention vote, the chamber was full, but I don't think there was a lobby full of people. Mm-mm. Um, and then, you know, one of the, one of my big disappointments was that lost in all of that, that night was that we unanimously passed uh, an immigration compact and, yeah. and the recommendations from the immigrant community committee, which include expanding our language access plan, um, having a, a lens by which we look at our boards and commissions to make sure that we've got um, ethnic and geographic diversity on our uh, on our board advisory boards, and then a compact that four states, some of them um, red states, some you should have waited until when you knew that was going down yeah. until like this Monday. But I, a week you know, from today, I felt like it had been a while since we kind of wrapped up the work on the committee, and I felt like we'd already. It already been longer than I wanted it to be before we adopted it, and so it is what it is. We you know we didn't do it so that we'd get a bunch of uh, of ink in the in the paper the next. But day. that's an important way to get the message out. That's true, um, and it did get some attention. Uh, Teo Armas from the Charlotte Observer was actually there that night specifically to cover that one thing, and he said, "I can't believe I just had to sit through all that noise and stuff to get to that." Mm. But um, so several red states, several blue states have passed it as state governments. We were the first city in the country to pass something uh, of this nature. So it, it was more significant than I think people realized. And obviously it was going to be lost. It was going to be lost in the noise ordinance um, discussion anyway. But then with the protests, that was obviously the lead story the next day. Front page of the Observer, which I actually wish they had not led. Or the front, the big picture on the front page of the Observer the next day was the protesters standing out there with a banner. And it's like, I mean, you know, that's what it's going to be right when it happened. I knew what was going to lead every story, but from every publication also, you know, do you reward that? And, and that further incentivizes yeah. the next person that wants to do it. It's the same thing that I, that just annoys me to no end. Anytime there's a mass shooting or something like that, keep saying the person, keep saying name. the person's name, keep showing their face. I mean, and we just, our media not covers to, today. To be clear, no one's comparing those two things, but yeah, but it's the same principle as it relates to right. is that really don't the give thing? attention like, to people yeah, exactly. who are seeking attention exactly exactly um but we can't stop but I, I will say i was uh i was appreciative of of you and ed i know um i, I know you felt more comfortable that you you and i had talked had a chance to talk about it a little bit more um but ed and you both understandably wanted to make sure that there was nothing in there that that put you in a bad spot or that painted the city as a sanctuary city or something that could come back to really I've already gotten do more harm on that than good. And we were very mindful of making sure yeah. that we did no harm in this, uh, that we didn't end up doing something that could hurt the city and hurt the people that were trying to help. And so I think that it was a good example of 
you know, everybody being on the same page, have, anticipating those questions, anticipating the pitfalls ahead of time. And I think it was a lot more impactful and means a lot more uh, that all 11 members of council uh, voted for it. And certainly the mayor was supportive of it. So, I mean, everybody was on board and um, everybody is, is kind of clearly stating that, that we want to be a welcoming city. We value diversity in our city. And so uh, very little uh, coverage, very little people, uh, very few people talking about it. But I think that uh, it's something that the whole the whole organization here should be well proud the mayor of. gave uh, gave this task to the right person larkin and i turned it down they gave it to you <laughs> no you did good man um, you, well, it, and, and, it's an example of how you should do things around here which is you put in the work you talk to the community everywhere you're very hands on you're hands on with all your colleagues and then you, it's it's almost the way it's and the you different get staff people like federico rios and emily yaffe that are that are uh, rock stars, right? Exactly. Too, and that that certainly helps. But it's it was um it, uh, it to me it was a lot of things that the noise ordinance wasn't in, in ways where um and the example back to you know think about how when we bring forth recommendations to change something on the planning front you know what I mean like it goes through stakeholder groups citizen advisory groups staff all that stuff it comes out as policy you, you know that it's been pretty vetted. It's not like that with what we saw with the noise ordinance. I mean, there were definitely, I mean, there were public, um, like community meetings, and I mean, you, you can still. I'm not arguing. You're saying it, it was not dealt with the exact same way, but it wasn't like it just popped up on an agenda one day. I mean, it's things he, not he, only been discussed ad nauseum on this council, but that can's been kicked for multiple councils. But think about think about the one thing that really annoyed me about this whole process is they went out with this survey expecting. We're back on the noise ordinance, expecting. And, and we're back on, should people who don't live in Charlotte, should those things be weighed? Okay, maybe, maybe not. But even if you strip that stuff out, it was still overwhelming in people saying it wasn't a problem or this or that. Now, I'm not trying to say that that isn't skewed on one side of that debate for the pro-life folks who, who felt that way. What I am trying to say is, all of a sudden, they go and say, well, you know, they discounted it this way, and they used takeaways of like, well, this is a theme we heard in it. And no one ever showed us percentages of anything. I thought that was, you know, it, it, even if something like that backfires on you, you still need to be honest in, in portraying what it was that came, came from it. Uh, one more thing that we somehow did not mention in our, uh, our discussion a few minutes ago of the noise ordinance was that, uh, it, it, we certainly knew that that you and Ed had not gotten comfortable with oh, it, yeah, yeah, that yeah. you were going to vote against it. Um, so there was everyone knew that there was going to be two no votes on it, but there were three. I like I like me some Greg Phipps. I'm going to tell you, he just <laughs> don't doesn't get, don't get used to him because he's leaving. He just doesn't he doesn't feel even before he announced he wasn't running. He doesn't feel like he always needs to conform um, to what his uh, people might expect him to be. And I, you got it, no matter what. And we. Look, I've sat next to him for almost two years. He's a strange dude, okay, in a lot of ways. We love we love popcorn Phipps a lot around here, but he's definitely a strange flip, flop, dude. Flip-flop Phipps. Flip-phone Phipps. <laughs> now he's flip-flop Phipps. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it, it take, it, it, would you not agree that it takes more courage yes. to go against the people As who— As someone who's done it, yes. Yeah. But but I think that I, I think that the— Frustration that some people had with with Greg and yeah, we, look, we all love Greg. Greg, uh, it's perfect. Greg does. He heard great. 130 people speak no. and he changed his mind. I, I'm I'm fairly certain that actually wasn't it. There, I think that it would have been 
less troublesome to some folks if if he'd have said earlier, "Hey, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with this." I think that uh, Justin, who chaired the committee that, that ultimately brought this forward, was given the impression that Greg was on board, which ultimately didn't end up changing. But the he outcome. might have been. I believe that he I heard think, those people I speak, and he. I, but, I asked him about it, and he he kind of vaguely referenced that um, some people at his. Uh, place of worship uh, i think maybe like a pastor or somebody who's very important to him and whose who's opinion he respects at his place of worship they'd had a conversation i think that moved the needle with him and that's fine i mean I, but I even regardless if that's the case or not you have to agree that but i think if it's that's okay the, i mean why do we do public hearings if we're not if we don't allow yes, ourselves but to if be he open came into the building that day and had changed his mind i would have rather seen him go to justin and say hey man I know we talked about this. I know I said I thought I was going to be able to get comfortable with it. I'm not. I'm going to have to vote against it tonight. Um, but it's whatever. I mean, it, like I said, it didn't change the outcome. Uh, it did get some people riled up. <laughs> a couple people on Twitter posted, we got to vote him out. And I said, no, you don't. He's leaving. <laughs> um, so, you know, look, if nothing else, even when Greg and I disagree, he does his homework. He doesn't take things lightly. So I'll I'll give him that even when I think that uh, he ends up on the wrong side of an issue. Mm-hmm. It's not for lack of, of thought given to it so agree um so yeah so you know you, you and ed always complain you only have two republicans on council maybe it's two and a half right when we found ha- another <laughs> now half, he's, he's gone <laughs> um all right so kemba this is ridiculous yeah. we suck again so here's the thing like we're losing kemba but now it's even gotten weirder because now we've get we're getting this guy back from the celtics uh, i know this in the sports show but, but bear with us for a minute because kemba walker sh- second or third to i mean Certainly, Cam Newton is the face of Charlotte sports. I'd say Luke Keekley and Kimba are right there at 2A and 2B. You agree? Oh, yeah. So Especially after the last year or two. Yeah. And so, Kimba has been the best player on this team for the eight years he's been here just about. Kimba's starting on as an all-star. Third-team All-NBA. All that stuff. I mean, does that's... a ton of stuff in the community. Just, like, has never – there's never been a story about Kimbo that embarrassed the, him or the city or the Hornets – I mean, about as good a guy as you could want, both on and off the court. And and now we're we're saddled with all these bad contracts. We realize that we're not going to be able to build a strong playoff contending team around Kemba, so why pay him $240 million or whatever the top was we could pay him? And we let him walk, which honestly I, I think is probably the right thing for the Hornets, and I think it's probably – and it's certainly the right thing for Kemba because now he can be on a competitive team. But we should have seen a year ago the, the writing on the wall and – and the fact that all these other contracts we've got were overpaying guys who aren't performing, that we weren't going to be able to build a team around Kimba that he deserves and that the fans deserve. We should have traded him a year ago when we could get something for him. And instead now we've taken on another somewhat bad contract um, with a replacement point guard who's not, who's arguably not half the point guard Kimba Walker is. I think his name's Rozier. But, I mean, we're this is re, this is like absolutely burn it down and start over mode. We've got like two years left of awful contracts we got to pay out that no one's going to take off our plate. We will be awful next year. We'll probably be pretty awful the year after, and we'd better get lucky with the ping pong balls and get a first or second pick, and we'd better not screw it up. I'll tell you what's going to happen. I heard somebody float some concept similar to this uh, last week. It's it's that um, right now is kind of like a dismantle the salary cap model, all that stuff, ride those two years out. And we'll see Michael Jordan, who spent a couple hundred million for now something that's a billion plus. Um, we'll see him kind of cash the equity out and move along. And, will we? Uh, I, I, I mean, I mean, he doesn't need the money, and so, 
I mean, as competitive as he is, and I, I got in this argument with somebody on Facebook yesterday. They said he doesn't want the Hornets to win a championship because he wants to be the big dog with all the rings. I'm like, I don't buy uh, that. That's at all. ridiculous. Because I mean, yeah, first of all, he's got six dumb. rings. I think it'll take us a while to catch up. But also, I think he's so competitive that when he's got his, when he's involved in the ultimate product on the court, which he is certainly as an active owner, I think he probably just about as bad wants to win a championship as an owner as he did as a player. And I so just, why do they keep doing dumb stuff? Well, we've just drafted poorly. We've drafted poorly, and we've overplayed. We've overpaid mediocre players. Um, I mean, you know, Nick Batum has a great season. We throw all this money at him, and he becomes a, a middle of the pack player. We, we've, ta- I don't know. We've taken on bad contracts. We brought in people like Lance Stevenson and Dwight Howard, who were basket cases and who fizzled after a year. Um, so I don't know. Well, I mean, the, the good, good luck thing to about Kemba my prediction is, I think we'll I think, see if it works. I think Kimba deserves better than we can give him. Uh, I hope he wins a championship, whether it's in Boston or somewhere else. I think he's a phenomenal guy. But we're we're in like where the 76ers were three, four years ago, which is just absolute rock bottom. And we got to hope that we do what they did and hit on a couple of high draft picks that pan out. I mean, you look at who we've drafted. Like Michael K. Gilchrist, decent player, but not a number two draft pick. Frank Kaminsky, decent player, but not a top ten draft pick. Um, I mean, we have really – Noah, Noah, Von, Noah Vonley – we didn't. He was gone after a year. He was like eighth pick or tenth pick or something. I mean, we have. I'm missing the days of Cody Zeller's the only one that's been Gerald even, Wallace. Oh, dude. I love Gerald the Wallace. Cats crash. Um, Cody Zeller's been the only one who's hardly panned out, and he's he's hurt half the time. So I mean, Kimba was the face of this team, and you know what I thought about, and I actually do think this could be it. I think a year ago they might have seen the writing on the wall and thought, from a basketball standpoint, we probably should trade him and get something now. I think the all-star game might have factored into the thought process. I don't think they wanted to have the worst team in the league the year we're hosting the all-star game, not have a player on the all-star team, not have a face of the franchise for the all-star game. I mean, we would have been, it'd have been kind of embarrassing to host the all-star game and you're the worst team in the league and no one on your team is playing in any of the stuff. I would hope no one's making franchise decisions based on that. I don't know. I don't have any other explanation. Well, we'll see. Good luck so to Kemba. you owe me a drink if uh, if Jordan cashes out in the next three years. Two years and you got a bet. Two and a half years and it's really 13. <laughs> two and a half years. All right. The over-under on Jordan selling the team, two and a half years. I'm taking the over. Bingo. Uh, good luck to Kemba. Thank you for everything you did in Charlotte. Although I'm certain you don't listen to the show. Kemba, maybe no, someone will tell you. We know you. he listens to the show. Maybe someone will tell him. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, God bless all uh, all of us that cheer for the Hornets for the next two years. We just have to take solace in watching young talent develop, hopefully. Episode 69. So uh, we're going to wrap this up. with uh, We're going to come back after a break, and you're going to hear from city manager Marcus Jones on some of the craziest city council meetings he's ever been a part of. For his first time on the show, it only took 69 episodes. Stick around. We'll be right back. Let's go live to Marcus Jones. to the podcast it took us 69 episodes but we have finally got the man the myth the legend coincidence mr marcus jones i think not is in the podcast studio mark jones ready to take questions keep his name out your mouth keep his name out your mouth marcus jones (laughs) welcome to the show sir great to be here (laughs) I, I can uh, I really appreciate your enthusiasm about this finally is, coming on this, this show. Is such a bad idea. Why did you do this? I've been trying to get you on for years. Literally a year and a year, half. Year point fives. 
Well, it seemed to be a slow day, and you found me in my office we working did. feverishly and pulled me out of Not it, me yelling and screaming. So it's a, it's a slow day around the government center because uh, many people on vacation. Our council meeting tonight was canceled, so we, we sit here on Monday, July 1st. No council meeting tonight. Uh, you just heard Tark and I talk about last week's meeting, uh, but we thought this was a perfect opportunity uh, while we thought Marcus might not be working as hard as he normally works, to pull him in here and have him talk. Uh, we, you just heard us talking about the, the protests that we had during the noise ordinance vote last week. That was maybe one of the more uh, bizarre things that's happened during our tenure on council. Certainly, the That was one of our best conversations on the pod, the, I'd say, um, Larkin, me and you. The RNC vote, uh, the noise ordinance vote last week, those are probably the two most uh, contentious meetings we've had. But we've only been here a year and a half. You've been here a little bit longer, and you've been in other cities. Tell us a couple of uh, your anecdotes from your time in municipal government about crazy meetings or uh, interesting protests or thinking that your life might be in danger for a moment. Keep it PG, Marcus. Absolutely. So I will start off with a story about mm. eagles and airplanes. This sounds so, weird. So when okay. we start uh, talking about protests – at a previous city, we had a botanical garden that just happened to be close to an airport. Mm. And a couple of the great attractions at the botanical garden were two bald eagles who had been together for years. But the FAA doesn't really like bald eagles flying near airplanes. I think you get the gist of this. In terms of protests and in terms of filling the chamber, um, there were um, two clear sides. One is preserving the, the eagles and their nests and their relationship and their love. Mm. Wait, Vers- did they live at the botanical gardens? They had their nests at the botanical garden. But they could fly freely. Absolutely. They could fly freely. Oh, I thought this was going to be like a story that ended with like a, a jet engine was a juicer and we created some kind of... No, that's called well, Miracle eagle on the Hudson. Juice. Well, if... if Continue. Yes, I, I, yes. I we, jumped we, the gun here. We could get there, right. <laughs> well, that's true. So because of... Um, Bird strikes with airplanes, mm. it became clear. As opposed to bird strikes when they're tired of like doing whatever job we've asked them to do. Not sure about that. Point. Not sure about Talk that one. been a part of a bird strike. That's a, it's a, <laughs> no, the bird strike would be if we refused to stop riding or we refused to ride scooters anymore. Oh, yeah. uh, as opposed to a lime strike. Yeah, there's three puns there. But go ahead, Marcus. Go, continue, Marcus. That so, was really deep. So the concept was to how could you get the eagles to leave their nest mm. so that you wouldn't have a situation with airplanes. So we had to make it very uncomfortable for the eagles to stay home. Oh, I bet that made people mad. Yeah. This is a majestic animal. Should have moved the planes. <laughs> there so we, this is why and you're thus, not, and thus, and thus, this is why you're not, this is good. So, so, so wait, no. did the Eagles then move to like the Jones residence in oh. Norfolk? So oh. the, the Eagles moved and we don't talk about it. Mm. Are the Eagles still alive, Marcus? The Eagles are still yeah. alive. But in order for the Eagles to move, they had to have noises and lights and, and symbols and smashes and things of that nature to disrupt their patterns. And you just think about you um, having the love of your life and you're nesting and life's fine and the government comes in and forces you out. But you're going to have PETA protesting our next meeting because of Big you and government. your stance on eagles. <laughs> Big government, once again. So we're going, we will continue this line of thought with animals. And there was in a city that I was the manager, a zoo. And the city owned the zoo. 
And one of the most bizarre things that ever occurred was a zebra named Zeke, mm. who actually got into a fight with a lioness oh. and held his Bad own. Call, Zeke. Held his own. Lioness? It's a female lion. <laughs> cool. I didn't know. No, I and and also, person. and this is a bit morbid, but also uh, ran a rhino into a moat and where the rhino died. So the, and Dude, that's Zeke how you live that city too? Zeke so, is a gangster. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wherever Marcus has been, there's this trail of carnage. Animals only. <laughs> and uh, so Zeke was Zeke, moved. Zeke was on <laughs> Was moved to... Or let's say he was swapped out for some package for a zoo in Ohio. And picks to be named later. And picks to be named later. Is that later. why you chose Charlotte? Because there's not really a big concentration of animals anywhere in the city limits? Let's keep Marcus away from the Raptor Center. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Raptor Center. So that's just a flavor of some of the so Jones, more than the interesting things. Don't invite Marcus Jones. <laughs> yeah. He'll bang cymbals at your eagles. Yes. And he has uh, a zebra fighting ring that he runs. <laughs> Wait, it was a fighting ring? Not at all. Yeah, Marcus had money on the rhino, and then... Eesh. Not at all. Yeah, Zeke, that used to be Zeke cool until uh, not true. about 20 years ago, when that was not cool anymore. No, it was never cool. Um, so as far as Charlotte City Council meetings go, were, were our protesters on Monday, did, did that take the cake, or have you seen anything that, that would hold a candle I mean, that, 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 you got to that wasn't all that. Well, I mean, in the moment, it was kind of crazy. They were I just had this look us. on my face like, this is weird. I saw the video. They, they played the video on Flashpoint Sunday. Vi definitely wasn't scared. She said. Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> couple Marcus, people, what do you think? A couple of people jumped out of their seats. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just glad. Ed Driggs looked shook to me. Until he got his phone out and started like taking pictures to put on his Facebook. Well, yeah, that's uh, which true. Which was pretty quick. Yeah. But um, thankfully, I just looked confused. And you can actually, in the Flashpoint video they played on Sunday, you can hear me go, what are you doing? <laughs> you know this is what we're voting for, right? So anything you've seen in Charlotte that uh, that involved people charging the dais? Now, this is the first time that I witnessed someone charging the, the dais. I, I will say that it's uh, pretty interesting. In Charlotte or anywhere? Oh, in anywhere oh. yeah so it's a, a pretty interesting the the way that we responded when i say we just me and the elected officials as well as cmpd i believe that it could have been a, a much more difficult situation so i'm really proud of the way that it was handled but it also now has to make us be very alert for situations like that in the future i can't Mark, believe i don't you know if you're watching that. I don't know if you're watching, but when uh, they were coming down the stairs, Marcus balled up like a roly-poly. Did he do that scream he did earlier that <laughs> not, we have? Uh, li- not, I'll play that now. Not true. And there it was. Um, <laughs> that was the roly-poly sound he magic, made when, magic. He, when he balled up under the dais. Now, did you guys uh, da- – dais? I feel like it's dais, but I want to call it dais. That's what I've always yeah, called dais it. Dais is – I know. I've what heard you call it, Marcus? I call it both. It's like finance and finance. No, no, or caramel no. and caramel. Did you guys uh, wash the uh, dais down after this? It, 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 I mean, no. County Manager Dina Diorio was actually upset with me when uh, I told her that we left that for them because the girl got up there barefooted. Yeah, and she was a little worried about like athlete's foot on the on the dais dais. Exactly. I told her that we did not clean it. it smelled like patchouli up there. 
Oh my no. goodness! It looks like it's my one fifteen appointments here. You don't have appointments today, you Marcus. Look, you're looking at a blank wall as you're saying that. We, you're, Marcus. you're with us to the end here, man. You looked at the wrist that doesn't have a watch on it. If you tell, if you tell us one more good story from your time in municipal government, yeah. that doesn't involve you torturing animals. Yeah, we'll do you have you any non-animal torture stories? Uh, or they're just not funny to you? Well, the, the, the question is, what do you want? Funny? I like those, I like those ostrich and yeah. snakeskin boots. Awesome, man. And uh, Eagle. Is that an Eagle jacket? What's the opposite of PETA? I feel like Marcus is the president of whatever, the Charlotte chapter of whatever the opposite of PETA is. It's PETA. PETA. (laughs) Hey, you want more story and we'll let you go, Marcus. Do you have any more stories? Oh, sure. So I I believe that uh, one of the more interesting stories is... Let us be the judge of that. Okay. Okay, We'll we'll, we'll give it a shot. (laughs) Is uh, the whole concept of citizens coming in to tell council concerns... And there was in Richmond, when I was in Richmond, it was very interesting. That part of the meeting was at the beginning of the meeting. And there was one gentleman who would come in each week and talk about something that we really couldn't understand. Mm. But he was... The same thing every time or a different thing every time? Same thing every time that we really couldn't understand what it was. But just as you're giving me the nod right now, that's how we approached it. Mm. And to this day, I have no idea what his concern was. It happened to be anything about a hovering helicopter over his house. Yeah, and ice in the arena. Maybe you could uh, maybe you could pull the sound clip from Helicopter Man and we could weave that into this episode too for people that haven't heard Helicopter Man. We could, but I feel like everyone's heard it. If you're I, listening I to this show, so. I show people and they and they haven't. You've heard it. If you haven't heard of Helicopter Man, Google Charlotte City Council Helicopter Man and hear uh, Pat McCrory tell this gentleman mm-hmm. he's scaring the Boy Scouts. So to end that story, then what you just killed an ostrich or how <laughs> 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 did it how did it all end, Marcus? <laughs> I'm seeing a trend here. Well, good. Well, I'd like to say it was an amazing pleasure to have you on the show finally. I've been trying to get on the show for so long. It's 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 just an honor to be Your with you today. Here, <laughs> we said we told you we'd keep it lighthearted. We didn't ask you any tough questions. I appreciate like, um, that. But the like that example. guy kind of worry. For example, we're doing well. Close, close us out. What give one call to action to our listeners. Something that uh that they should be paying attention to or something. They yeah, can, can you hit that softball we just talked okay, about? Okay, thank you so much. So absolutely. Okay. So we are working on our 2040 plan. It's a really, it's a community engagement session that over the course of the next two years, we're trying to collectively figure out what Charlotte look, should look like in the year 2040. It's oh, so I important. I thought it was called that because that's when it'd be done. <laughs> no, that's when they're starting. Oh, no, no, no. We've already started. We're starting to get ready for it. So amazing. In terms of community building, I think it's the greatest opportunity that we have, and it's a great way to get engaged on so many levels, and I'm very proud of the team and what we're working on. Do you think we should consolidate the city and the county into one organization? <laughs> All right. Ladies that was gentlemen, Marcus that's Jones. Marcus Jones. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We appreciate you tuning in as always. This has been episode 69 of R&D in the QC. Like the podcast, share the podcast, rate the podcast, subscribe, whatever else you can do, do it. And have a great holiday week. Over and out.